0: Trust yourself. Just go with that gut thing that's trying to come out, and you're thinking, well, maybe that's not nice, or maybe I shouldn't write about that, or maybe it probably is crying to come out, and nobody but you can do it as well as you can.
1: Welcome to The Author Biz, the show that's all about the business of being an author. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and this is episode number 39. Wherever you are, however you listen, thanks for spending some of your time with me today. This week's show is a little different from what we've done in the past, but it's an interesting topic that I think deserves more attention. My guest this week is Heather Ashby. Heather writes a popular and entertaining military romance series. But after writing the first book in the series, she realized she could take it beyond the level of mere entertainment, and her goals became larger. Today, we're going to talk about writing with a purpose, or as Heather puts it, writing on a mission. Heather is the daughter of parents who both served in the military. She served in the Navy herself, her son served in the Army, and her husband is a retired naval engineer. Beginning with her second book, she developed a theme of healing that's run through her series— and it's a theme that's portrayed so accurately that at least one physician is recommending her military romance books to the wives of patients suffering from PTSD. And that's just the start of the story. Heather has also partnered with the Fisher House Foundation, a charity that provides housing for military families at no cost while their wounded warrior loved ones are receiving treatment. But... This is a show about business, so we're digging into these topics a little deeper to uncover the ways in which Heather's theme of healing and her partnership with the Fisher House Foundation is helping to grow her audience and her reputation as an author. Before we get started, I wanted to mention a survey that two former guests of the author biz have completed over the past few months. Jane Friedman was the guest in episode 24, and Harry Bingham was the guest in episode 30. You can find both those episodes at the AuthorBiz website. Anyway, the two of them were trying to figure out what traditionally published authors really think of their publishers. And the results are in, and they're fascinating on a number of levels. Two things jumped off the survey results page to me. First was the need for more education about self-publishing to our fellow authors in the traditionally published space. There were only a few questions about self publishing options on the survey, and the answers showed a lack of knowledge about the opportunities available through self publishing. Question twenty four was, and I quote, Amazon and other ebook distributors pay a seventy percent royalty to authors, as opposed to the roughly seventeen and a half percent paid by most publishers. If you did self publish an ebook, how do you expect you would fare financially? of the respondents, and keep in mind this survey was aimed at traditionally published authors only, 76% said they'd either lose money or they had no idea. Another question that surprised me was, if a different, equally reputable publisher were to offer you the same advance as your current publisher, would you move to the new house or stay where you are? Only a third said they'd stay. So obviously, there are a lot of traditionally published authors who are not entirely satisfied with their publishers. I'll have links to the full survey results in the show notes for this episode, which will be at theauthorbiz.com/heather. Now let's get on with today's interview with Heather Ashby. Heather, welcome to the Author Biz. Thank you for inviting me. I want to give listeners a quick story behind this interview. I got an email from a listener uh, a couple weeks ago, and this listener is a physician, and as a physician, treats people, uh, some people that have been in the military that are experiencing post-traumatic stress disorders or PTSD, and he mentioned a fictional book that he had been sharing with the spouses of some of the people suffering from PTSD that was very helpful to them. So I asked him who the author was. I connected with the author, and the author is Heather Ashby, our guest today. So what we're going to be talking about today is the idea of going beyond writing a book, um, but writing with purpose, or rather, as as Heather puts it, writing on a mission— so heather, I, I know you're familiar with this story what What did it feel like when this particular physician told you that your book was being used in a way that you, you really hadn't intended for it to be used, but but that it was actually helping people in a in a specific way
0: uh, it, it was the high point of my publishing career thus far when this doctor said that to know that several people have healed their lives from reading my books. That just touched me to the core as a, as a veteran, and as the mother of a veteran, the wife of a veteran, and um, that was one of my purposes in writing, was to, um, I did not realize when I, first, when I first started writing, I did not realize that healing would be a theme through three of my books out of four, but it, it apparently is, and um, I'm hoping that my books get into all the right hands for that reason.
1: You know, we hear we hear praise all the time for books that this book was fantastic or it's heart-pounding or it's this or that. I mean, you know, you've seen the blurbs on the covers of books, but you never see something like this or you never hear something like this, where this book was given to someone who was suffering, especially a fiction book, a book of fiction, uh, given to someone who was uh, – dealing with a spouse who's suffering with something that they really can't even understand. And the book helps them to understand them and helps the two together to heal. It's uh, That really is the highest praise that, that a book could, could ever have.
0: Well, if I could mention that um, I write with a Marine Corps co-author for some of my books, and he said to me, um, Heather, you say that 90% of Romance novels are read by women. I write military romance, by Mm -hmm. the way. Ninety percent are read by women, and yet 90 percent of the people who guide men to seek healing for their PTSD are their wives. Therefore, we need to write these books.
1: (laughs) So it was intentional, or at least after a while, it it became intentional. Before we get too much further, give people a sense of your background, because you're you're not just— You've been involved around the military for your entire life,
0: and yet I didn't really know that. (laughs) In that, no, I I grew up. um, A lot of people my generation grew up with their parents served in World War II, or Mm -hmm. their their dads did. I was fortunate enough that both my parents did. My mother was was a uh, wave in the Navy during the war, which was very exciting. But I never really listened or paid attention. And then when I was twenty two, out of the blue, I decided to join the Navy. So I served several years. I am a Navy veteran. I married a naval officer, and um, he is now retired. And um, so although I was the daughter of of veterans, I hadn't paid that much attention at the time. When our son uh, joined the military pre-9-11, and uh, let's just say, yeah, he joined the, the, the Army, and he did not know that he would be searching caves for Taliban on his mm-hmm. 21st birthday. hmm or going into Baghdad the next year to, uh, you know, when we didn't know what Saddam had. It was a pretty scary time. And I was so blessed that he not only came, he came home safe and whole from, from both deployments. And I, I asked, what can I do to show my gratitude? It's, it's not enough to just say, oh, I'm so lucky that we were spared, you know, major tragedies. And I was guided to write this series of books and uh, write about heroes and heroines in the military At first, it was just to entertain our military, Mm -hmm. and then I came up with the idea that I would put my money where my mouth is, and I would donate half of my royalties to um, a charity that supported wounded warriors and their families, and this is how I am um, paying back, as it were. And little did I know that I would be guided to start writing about healing, and that it's working, (laughs) so
1: it's pretty exciting. It's. It, there are a lot of parents who have had children that have gone overseas in, in different branches of the military. My wife and I have two sons that were each deployed as Marines uh, multiple times. And everyone who's been through this understands what you're talking about, the the joy of your son or daughter coming home. Uh, hopefully unharmed. Scared, in in yes. most cases, seemingly unharmed, but right. sometimes there are these lingering problems—post-traumatic um, exactly. stress disorders—that we don't see immediately, and uh, that's got to be really hard for people to deal with because you you come home physically intact, but there are these problems that that make your life very very challenging. Exactly. Yes. And so you have written about some of this in, in your books, and, and you are, you've are, you written four books so far. Do I have that right? That's correct. Okay. And l- let's assume that the first one you wrote, because you wanted to write this book, it was a, a joyful thing that you were doing. Your son was home. This is a way of, as you put it, entertaining, entertaining the troops. Uh, exactly. When, when yeah. did it change for you? When did it change from entertaining to wanting to do more?
0: It changed in, uh, as I started to write the second book, the one that the physician uh, noticed that it was about survivor guilt. And I had to come up with some kind of a con- uh, inner conflict for my hero, of course. Mm-hmm. And I went, well, let's just say he was, you know, his hel- helicopter had been shot down at one point and his pilot died and he suffers from um, survivor guilt because he has to have some kind of internal issue, of course. You know, all writers know this. Mm -hmm. And the more I got into it, the more I started dealing with uh, survivor guilt issues and and how he heals and whatever— um, I went. Wait a second. Maybe I've got a bigger purpose than just mm-hmm. entertainment.
1: Everyone who comes back, um, if if you were over there, in right. in most cases, you served with someone who didn't come back. So the the exactly. likelihood of having some form of of survivor's guilt in in one form or another is exactly. is high.
0: Exactly. I, I, could I just share one thing with you? That um, sure. My uh, my fourth book, which um, comes out this week. I wrote with a a marine co-author and uh, Uh he's very excited that he he's helped me so much and he's out of the marines now so he's officially on the cover he's an author and i just wanted to put uh tell you what he put at the end of his acknowledgements because it's very special he said last to all thanks to all my brothers and sisters who came home wounded in ways no one could see i hope you find the healing i have found never give up the fight to be you again it's the most important battle, simplified to all.
1: Hmm. Pretty profound.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And we do. We hope and pray for for everyone who has come back to um, to find the the healing that our characters have, and find the healing that the people we know have, and um, anything we can do to support that. We are all over it.
1: Now, tell us kind of specifically without going into too much specifics because we, we don't want to disclose any, any confidential information, but uh, c- can you share with, with listeners how your book was able to help the people that it's helped that, that the physician mentioned?
0: Well, here's the thing. I, as I said, I write military romance. Uh, there's a lot of guys that would cringe immediately. However, I write with male military advisors, and they get very involved in the writing, and um, we hope that our books are uh, enjoyed by both male and female readers as we as we jokingly say, especially those on a six month cruise with no option but to read. But,
1: <laughs> it, is, it is funny when when you're on the boat, uh, one of our sons became I, I won't call him an avid reader, but a, a much more regular reader. That While while he was on the boat. (laughs) That's
0: what my son did. What I was going to say is, um, and this doctor said, he said that um, the healing parts and the deep themes are wrapped up in an action story. And so people are reading this for the action. You know, the helicopter shot down or the the MV-22 Osprey gets shot down or there's a mole aboard the ship and he's working with Al-Qaeda and the action is going on. But there's, there's this healing theme underlying everything and um, they get caught up in the, the story story and don't realize that, wow, there's more to this story than just uh, let's defeat the bad guys." So that that appeals to what I want to say, a more reluctant reader to pick up a romance mm-hmm. novel
1: per se. <laughs> that's true and it's some it's it's a power that we have as authors if we are skilled enough to use it and and have a desire to use it we we can help people see things differently yes, yes. and um it it's not that we're trying to manipulate people but you can embed these themes into a thriller, a romance, yes. uh, a mystery, any type of genre fiction uh, that exposes the reader to something they might not have been exposed to before, and I know that we all aspire to something like that, many of us that are beginning writers like myself, our goals are much more modest you know we 're not we 're not so much interested in in big themes we 're mm-hmm. interested in stringing sentences together exactly. that are readable yeah. Um, yeah but but once you get beyond that, the idea of 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 helping readers to, to express a point of view that you have and feel deeply about is is something that's only available to to authors. It, it's not something that you can do if you're a plumber. Exactly. Well, you never know who you're chatting well, with on a client. But, right. Um, I
0: did in in that book too. In the second book, it's called Forget Me Not. Uh, I wove in almost all of the fabulous life lessons that I have learned, not just the survivor guilt kinds of things, but in all my books, I've woven in all of my, what do I call, pearls of wisdom mm-hmm. that when I talk with people, like the, the secret to successful relationships and happy marriages is in book two. I'm not going to tell you what it is, <laughs> <laughs> okay? But it's in there. And it is it is what, it's, it's what I learned at 19, and I have stuck with it, and I have counseled people on these are the things you need to keep in mind to have a successful relationship, marriage, whatever. They're all in Forget Me Not. And um, my husband and I are going on 38 years, so I guess it's worth it. Awesome. Us. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, it's been great to, to tuck in these. You know, as we age, we do have a lot of wisdom. Yes. And it's not, there's not people just walking up going, hey, what kind of pearls of wisdom do you have for me? You know what I mean? But if you can weave it into, weave it carefully into an action, a thriller, a romance, a whatever, you um, Those are a lot of the things that my writers, my readers will come back and say, wow, thank you for that bit of knowledge. I never thought of it that way or something like that.
1: When I was somewhere between 17 and 22, I read all of the Travis McGee novels. I don't know if you read that kind of thing, crime fiction, but Travis McGee, the the books were set in Mm -hmm. South Florida and John D. McDonald in every book would preach at the reader for a little while, yeah. and those were my favorite parts of the oh, book I when he was it. preaching, yes. and he would be preaching about the environment. He would be preaching about what it meant to be a man, and as readers, I love it. W- we absorb that information in the middle of a story, right. and it impacts our lives. It impacted my life it's wonderful. deeply, Good. and I love you. Um, yeah. it's, it's great. When other writers do it, I see it's so rare because I always see it when I'm reading if it's there. Yes. Unless it's so subtle that I don't see it, but when I do see it, I really pay attention. And, and those make the book so much more enjoyable, and it, it sort of connects you with the writer in a way that makes you want to read the next book and the next book and the next book.
0: Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. And I love that you did pay attention and you did learn from it. And, um, you know, it's kind of like being a teacher. I'm, I'm a substitute teacher, a retired teacher, and I'm still in the classroom a lot. And it's interesting. I'll have parents say to me, because right now I'm at middle school, and they'll say, could you please tell her blank? such and such because if you tell her she will listen Mm -hmm. so it's not like we're always going to listen to our parents or grandparents especially at a certain age but look at you at 17 or 19 you're taking in the wealth of knowledge that of life lessons that this author has has put down and you'll listen to them you see
1: yes so Mm -hmm. yes
0: as authors out there weave in those pearls of wisdom that you have about life figure out a way to, to, to tuck them into your characters that's wonderful
1: Now, you mentioned the idea of donating a portion of your – a fairly significant portion of your royalties to a charity. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, Tell me again what the percentage was. I donate 50 percent. Okay. So that's – there are a lot of people that donate to charities, but they don't donate at at the 50 percent level. Um, so why did you decide to do that first, and, and then how did you actually go about it?
0: Okay. Well, when I made the decision, as I said before, it hit me that I was, I was going to put my money where my mouth was. I was paying back, uh, paying forward, whatever, show my gratitude for my son still in my life. And um, by going 50%, I said I'm not, I was never doing this for the money. So I give them 50%, and hopefully the other 50% will cover my expenses. My mm-hmm. husband just did my taxes for last year, and he said, honey, you broke even. I said, bingo. <laughs> That's my
1: goal. Hallelujah.
0: That's my goal. But, you know, I keep these, these families. Um, I donate to Fisher House Foundation which provides lodging at military hospitals for family members while their wounded warriors are being treated. Very similar to Ronald McDonald House um, for children with cancer. Um, So if someone's being treated, their family comes to, you know, nurture them and be around. The government does not put them up. So Fisher Houses uh, were built, and um, that's the one I support. I think about these families every single morning. When I say my prayers, I think about those families, what they're going through. You know, you see it in the news. You said earlier, you know what our troops are coming back with. And to have a loved one going through that, it just breaks my heart. So I really feel like I'm, I'm doing something. And, um, and I am showing my gratitude. And it reminds me to be thankful for my son every day, too.
1: All right. Well, let's let's unpack this a little okay. bit and, and get into some of the details. If I'm going to do this okay. or if someone else is going to do this, what are the things I need to actually think about okay. um, in, in terms of this? Is 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 something that I'm going to put on the cover of the book? Is it something okay. that I put on my website? How do I or do I talk about this?
0: Exactly. Um, well, first of all, you have to decide. Many authors will do something like uh, for the first month or for the month of February or something right. like that, mm-hmm. I'm going to donate – 10% of of my royalties or my sales. And it's usually, I think it's most effective, uh, writers out there, if you choose to do this. I think it's most effective if, if it's a charity that uh, has to do with your, your story, you know? So so mine has to do, obviously, with, with military. Uh, one of my other choices I would will choose in the future will be um, the dogs that they provide for PTSD, uh, sufferers, you know, the, the companion dogs, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So so choose something that reflects your book, whatever it is you write about. See if you can find something that reflects the book. Decide, do you want to do it for a month or for, um, you know, total 10% overall, uh, whatever. I would not put it in print on anything that's permanent like the book. The hard, hard copy book. You can okay. put it on your website because that can be changed. What if you have a falling out with this charity and you decide to go with a different one or something like that? So I had uh, – we do stickers right in the computer. And when I do a book signing, you know, I have stickers on the books that say – such and such 50% supports Fisher House or something.
1: Oh, that's a great idea. Okay. Changed. So you just, yeah, you just take the books and then yes. as, you, whatever number you take in, you put the stickers on it. Exactly. Great idea. Same thing yep. with
0: uh, bookmarks or any kind of other stuff that you hand out. I have postcards and just put a sticker on it and then it can be removed. It can be changed. If you decide, okay, enough, I'm not going to be donating anymore, you could just take it off. It's not permanent.
1: So you've been doing this for a while now and, and there are obvious benefits uh, that accrue to the charity. Um, you're saving money on your taxes because you're not actually making a profit. As you said, your your goal is to break even with your writing. What other benefits uh, do you see as an author from making a decision to donate to, uh, to a charity?
0: Okay. Well, for starters, I have four books out. Each one of them has a cover blurb from a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, the last two, I'm very excited to say, have the A blurb from the top name in military romantic suspense, Suzanne Brockman, which was a dream come true because she's the one that inspired me to write. Um, It opens doors like you would not believe because when you write to authors, I appeared on all kinds of uh, blogs of New York Times bestselling authors Mm -hmm. because I tell them my purpose in writing. About my gratitude, et cetera, et cetera, and that I donate to Fisher House, and without fail, they come back and say, "What can I do to help you? Would you like to appear on my blog?" Yes, I will give you a quote. Yes, I will read your book and uh, uh, comment or review it. Um, it really does. When I went on to LinkedIn, now my specific audience, I, I target are the military, and mm-hmm. when I went on LinkedIn, um, you know, I wrote up a couple of blurbs, but that is right there in the forefront. And I picked up 4,000 military connections with, um, with LinkedIn. And we're talking admirals, um, chief of wow. personnel, uh, mm-hmm. SECNAV, uh, secretary of the Navy, Their offices, I mean, this is administrative assistant to Secretary of the Navy, and Heather goes, Yeah, let's invite him. What the heck? Right? (laughs) And he and he accepts. Okay? And I know that it's the Fisher house right there in the second sentence that Mm -hmm. is why they're supporting me. So it opens doors like no tomorrow. It really, really does.
1: And that's you mentioned the blurbs. I mean that's something that all beginning and most authors would die for a blurb from one of the leading lights in their genre exactly and um, for you to not only be able to get one but as you said, multiple because of this affiliation that you have with this charity and it 's not like you 're using the charity so that you can get these blurbs because you 're donating the vast majority of the of the money that comes in to them you're you 're breaking even on this thing, but it it is. A wonderful opportunity and a byproduct of doing something that you feel like is is the right thing for you to do.
0: It's the old, I swear, it's the old. The more the more you give away, the more it comes back to you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly how. That's
1: it, one of those pearls of wisdom. It's exactly the more
0: <laughs> you know. I'm going. Well, I just can't really. I'm not sure I should. And I'm going. Wait a second. This is. This was not about the money. It was about doing something to give back to the world for getting my son back. And so. However much money I make is is unimportant in this particular, and that I'm so naive. It took me a couple weeks before I figured out. Oh my goodness, th- this opens doors. <laughs> I can actually use this. <laughs> yeah, that that it really, really has um, has opened doors.
1: Okay, you mentioned that you had a new book that just came out. When I was doing my research, we're recording this on April 9th. When I was doing my research, I saw that the book was to have been released on April 15th, but you're saying it just came out. So what's the, what's going on? What's going on with your new book, Unforgettable?
0: Okay, well, this is just a reminder for in the publishing industry to stay extremely flexible because you never quite know what might happen. Um, Today is the 9th, and um, my book was due to come out on the 15th. Last night, I found out that it was on about five different um, sites for sale already, and I felt kind of like my prom date had showed up a week <laughs> early, and I was still in curlers and my pajamas, <laughs> but I'm super flexible, so actually, I'm going to use that. I try to use every single thing I can toward promotion, However, I whatever I need to do. And so I decided I'm going to go ahead and put the word out to all of my loyal and supportive readers and followers, both through my newsletter and through my Facebook page. Mm -hmm. I have just developed really wonderful friendships with a lot of these readers. I'm just going to put it out to them tonight that, okay, I've got a little secret. Apparently, this is available. (laughs) Because they've been going, how many more days? How many more days? I can't (laughs) wait to read the fourth one in the series. I'm going to say, y'all have been so wonderful. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Apparently, this is available. (laughs) And authors out there, you can always tack on. And if you enjoy it and you don't mind, I would appreciate um, if you posted a review it would be nice to have those, you know, out around the official launch, and please join me still for the initial, initial official launch party. But um, I love, and actually, I love being able to give this to them early because so many have been, the, the, you know, in a series you get hooked on a series. And oh yes, book four is a continuation of book three, so they were kind of left a little. Like I can't wait to find out what happens to them, book four. So they've been waiting patiently, and I'm very excited to be able to. It's sort of, uh, remember the old Beatles song, um, I've Got a Secret, uh, oh. Do You Promise Not to Tell? <laughs> or,
1: I remember every Beatles song. Exactly.
0: <laughs> or, just, or just, you know, tell the reader next to you and we'll see what happens, you know, whatever. <laughs> right.
1: So so, uh, so tell us a little bit about the book and, and, and the series.
0: Okay. Well, I'd love to share this because I think it's a pretty unique um, thing. Book three and book four uh, go together. And... Um, we have uh, I live outside of mayport Naval Station, Mayport here in Florida, where my husband retired, and we have the USS New York here USS New York has seven and a half tons of World Trade Center steel melted into her bow really? Yes, there are three tribute ships from the three crash site nine eleven crash sites. And so one day I thought, okay, what am I going to do my next book on? And I went, how about if I write about an amphibious assault ship, since we just got them. And I looked up the New York and I went, when I found out about the, uh, the steel, that the ship was built from 9-11 steel, I said, what if there are more souls aboard the USS New York than the sailors and Marines stationed there? And what if... Those souls can help the Marines defeat Al-Qaeda. Oh, yeah. I was all over that. <laughs> so, num- number three, never forget, which is the ship's motto. And the 9-11 motto came out la- on 9-11 last year. And um, there are 12 spirits that uh, are helping the crew. There's only one person who can see them and talk with them. And in number three, six of the spirits are... Completed their mission, helping the crew so that they could move on to the light. Now, book four, we have the fi- remaining spirits are going to help um, the, the two situ- the two love stories and the two um, action packed stories. But they, the but the spirits will help them, and so that they will win their wings, shall we say, and are able to finally move on. Um, my marine writing this one was absolutely brilliant. Uh, if you're interested in an action book, the, one of the plot lines is basically a Black Hawk down over Somalia, but with a blonde female American pilot this time.
1: Oh, so you're writing a little something for the men in there.
0: Oh, gosh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, there's, there's, there's action in, in all of them. There's military action in each of the books. Mm -hmm. And my military advisors have been fabulous with uh, fine-tuning, tweaking, adding cockpit conversations that I would have no clue how to land this thing. Um, There is quite a bit of that, yes, quite a bit. I I don't write – probably I don't write traditional romance just for female readers, whatever. Uh, It's definitely military action.
1: How would you – I mean you use the term – and. I didn't realize there was a, a genre, and it's, I, I'm not a big romance reader. Um, I, have, I have read some romance, but it's, it's not my favorite genre. So I did not know there were subgenres within the romance genre. Oh, and yeah. you mentioned like a military or maybe even a Navy romance. It's, explain that to me. Okay.
0: Well, there are a lot of subgenres. Uh, okay. Romance Writers of America, by the way, is the largest writers group in the world with 20,000 members.
1: And they sell more books than anyone in the world, too. And they sell more books
0: than anyone. And, you know, I have to defend them in this way. What is wrong with a happy ending in this day and age when there's so much horrible stuff in the news? Mm -hmm. I happen to love a happy ending, and I need a happy ending. Now, there's a lot that's going to go on before I get there but I just kind of need to know that it's all going to be okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let me just say that the, the romance writers need no defense on this show. We, okay, we look at the romance writers as being on the forefront of good. of business and technology absolutely. when it comes to writing. They're doing things that the rest of us can learn from. You guys are doing things that the rest of us can Thank learn you. from. Yes, absolutely. And uh, it, it's an inspiration to see people writing and just selling a ton of books a ton. in a genre, you know, whether, People want to make fun of the genre or not. You guys are selling books,
0: exactly. Um, but some of those subgenres are. Let's see. We've got paranormal, historical, military, suspense, uh, contemporary is usually just just happy whatever. They're just contemporary today. Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: yes, there are a lot of subgenres. And, and yours your sounds like sort of a genre mashup. It itself. really is.
0: It, it's it's having. I'm having trouble getting it into a niche because it's got something for everyone. We got the, par- <laughs> we've got the ghost. So there's a touch of, you know, supernatural, mm-hmm. definitely it's suspense, but I am also more concerned with, cause when I read romantic suspense, it is, it is all suspense through the whole thing. And that is not, relaxing me at all. I like a good love story, too. Mm-hmm. But I happen to like it set in the military, since I was military. And I happen to like it to be authentic in the military. And I could not find enough where both the hero and heroine were, are there on active duty, on that ship. And so I said, I will write them. So.
1: And how many times, I, I I don't know how many times you've heard it, I've heard this a lot of times, write the book you'd like to read. Exactly. Exactly.
0: It, exactly, exactly. I was... Just telling my middle schoolers that today when I was guiding them to what book they want for their book report. I said and then someday if you can't find more of what you want, you can always write it yourself.
1: All right. We we talked earlier about this theme of healing that worked its way into your into your books. There are some authors that I talked to um, very skilled writers who sometimes don't recognize the theme until the book has ended and then they go in and just sort of polish the theme a little bit and there are others who have a theme that they're shooting for when they when they start okay. and you you've mentioned that in the beginning you didn't really have a theme you were writing the book and then this theme just mm-hmm. kind of came out now it seems like it's it's a part of what you do you write the this theme of of healing and so just let's talk about that a little bit more, that, this theme that, that runs through your books.
0: Uh, that was true. I was writing the second book, Forget Me Not, and just came up with an internal um, problem. You know, it was conflict. But the more I got into it, I was going, whoa, wait a second. Maybe I'm supposed to be. I had My intention was not to focus on that. But uh, you're right. And then I went back in and I polished. Whereas by the time I got to three and four, first of all, three, never forget, the whole 9-11 situation is, is a healing process. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the whole, just sharing the story. I had 9-11 families contact me after they read it saying, thank you for writing this book. You basically gave my son a voice. I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, well, it gave, it gave the, you know what, it gave the victims um, a voice and, and some control over their situation. And it took them from victim to victor in this case. And I've had people contact me to to say that I had no idea that's what I was doing when I started. But you know, one of my biggest pieces of advice that I give in my workshops and in my classroom and to all writers is trust yourself. Just go with that gut thing that's trying to come out and you're thinking, well, maybe that's not nice, or maybe I shouldn't write about that, or maybe it probably is crying to come out and nobody but you can do it as well as you can. So I say listen to that inner voice and go with it. Sometimes I sit back and just let my fingers tight and go, I don't know where we're going, but it <laughs> looks like it's going to be fun. <laughs> but really, we all have stories inside of us that um, we're not sure if we should share or, or we want to talk about or something that happened to someone we know or whatever. But there is so much healing that comes from, because I always say, hey, just get it out just type it up. Just put it there. You can always delete it if you find, oh, that didn't work. But for the most part, when I go with those gut feelings, they pan out. They really do. And then I'm just like, wowed.
1: All right. Since we're talking to writers here, I'm going to Shift gears a little bit. You have mentioned a couple times working with a co-author. I don't know if it's just on the third book, or were you working with him on the prior books? But he was still working and didn't want his name on the cover. Maybe you could explain that. But I'm curious as to how you work together, because that's that's a recurring topic uh, that I get, or a recurring question that I get from people. How do uh, what are the mm-hmm. different ways in which co-authors work together so I, I think that's okay. it's always an interesting topic for this show
0: actually i had i had a uh, military advisor I'd call them uh, for fir- for the first and second I had a, a, mil- a helo pilot helicopter pilot and he was just going in at first to just tweak my helicopter speak and that kind of thing he really ended up writing a couple of scenes, and he said, I love doing this because I'm, I, I'm not ready to go solo, but when you give me a skeleton like this and let me just work within the scenes, that's great. But it was still my baby. Mm-hmm. By the time I got to number three, I went, wait a second, I'm going to write about the New York, and I'm going to write about Marines. I don't know anything about <laughs> Marines. So um, uh, I, my husband set me up with a friend, and he's a, he's a Marine. He was still in active duty. Mm-hmm. And I said, would you be interested in like you know, writing all the marine scenes here. And he said, I have written training scenarios for 20 something years and I've never gotten to use half of them. He goes, I already know how you're going to free those hostages from that consulate. (laughs) (laughs) And we ended up working so well together that when he retired and was off active duty, I said, I would like you to help me write number four, Unforgettable, and I would like you to be on the cover, have your name on the cover with me. And he's so excited because his first book basically launched... Yeah. Last, last night. But we we are so blessed. We work so well together. He, we don't live in the same town anymore. We do everything online or on Facetime or on the phone. It is unbelievable how well we bounce scenes off of each other. Um, I, I I can't say there's a way to go about doing this. I'm just thinking it was magic because we're both pantsers and puzzlers writers out okay. there. If you don't, do you know what those are? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I. I write completely out of order and so does he. So there's two puzzlers that Uh are just, and somehow this, this book got done. I'm looking at it right now going, who did this? (laughs) Um, I, I I really can't give advice except for maybe just pray for the right person because we just, everything just is like hand in glove. The scenes there and it's seamless. My editor just said it's seamless in that I can't even tell which one of you wrote which parts sometimes i'm writing the military parts and he's writing the the emotional parts it just it just we just work well together and uh i wish that for every single writer out there who is looking to work with someone and especially if if like in my case that person has the expertise you need yes you know you want to find the right person and i would just pff, i put it out on the prayer waves because when you find the right person it is gold
1: it's just all right now let's awesome. I, I'm I'm buying into the whole it's magic thing. Let's I'll give you that. <laughs> okay. but let's let's talk technically a little okay. bit. How are you actually doing it? Are you exchanging word documents? Are you yes. are you working off the same document?
0: Okay, um, when we sit down and we brainstorm together
1: a couple mm-hmm. of times, and this is on Facetime. Uh,
0: he was still living here when we started, and so we okay. could sit down for a couple hours and just brainstorm ideas. Now mm-hmm. we can sit and brainstorm Facetime, and and very much so I'm writing it i'm still writing it and then i will just say okay in this scene i need this 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 can you make this happen whatever and then he'll just go to town okay so i have the idea of of how the the flow of the story is going to go because i have a little more experience Mm -hmm. and then he just goes to town he sends it back i fine-tune it send it back actually I'm, i'm kind of because i am more experienced just with the writing process i'm giving him a framework Right. He comes up with the great ideas. I swear. He's the one that said, I said, for number four, we're going to deal with Somali pirates because the ship's now in the Indian Ocean. He said, no, Heather. Mm -hmm. He goes, it's been done. (laughs) We're going to do Black Hawk Down with a female pilot this time. And I went, whoa, how cool is that?
1: And, and as soon as you said that about the Somali pirates, I'm thinking, oh, no, that's been it's done. It's been done.
0: Yeah. And he's like, and, and I, I, I hesitate to say this because it, it kind of creeps me out, but he, he's he got our bad guys. He's written all about al-Shabaab mm-hmm. who are, were responsible for that awful massacre in Kenya last week where the Somali al-Shabaab came down. This is ex- similar to what happens in this book. I said, Chris, you are... He goes well. I've served in East Africa, and you know I've been reading about Al Shabaab, and so I just made those. I'd never heard of them before, and now unfortunately, they're in the news. It's like timely. Uh, he, I'd never heard the history of Southern Somalia being taken by Kenya, etc. He has it all in there. It just amazed me.
1: All right, now you mentioned earlier that everything you use everything for for promotion. Are you using this for promotion? Because that's – I see people that do that. It's uh, something happens in the world and then they say, oh, this is just like in my book. Go buy my book and you'll see that I predicted this 18 years ago.
0: I'm very hesitant and I was actually very hesitant to say anything here right now except that I am talking to writers uh-huh. and you may want to obviously encompass things that are going on. Um, I probably would not because I just don't think it's, it's appropriate. Okay. However, All right, well, if, yeah, if if readers are going, oh, Shabab, I've never heard of them before. Well, look at this. If they want to say something, that's that's fine. But I I just don't think it's, you know, there, there's a line you don't cross in
1: promotions. Yeah, I find some of that a little unseemly. Yeah. Um, but the, there's a lot of promotion that that rides the razor's edge, so to speak. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So what do you, what do you do? You, you mentioned you, you like to promote your stuff. Uh, tell us, tell us some of the things that you do to promote, to brand your work. Um, how do, how do you go about it on a, on a daily or a release basis?
0: Okay. Well, I have this release this week, so, um, mm-hmm. I have,
1: I've, you thought it was next week. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> um, I kind of given up on blogs. In that, um, I used to do you know 12, 13, 15, whatever around a release, mm-hmm. and um, but here's a suggestion I have for people: when you do a blog, have uh, I have a have a blog posse. And this is my group of, you know, dedicated friends and writer friends and whatever. And I, you know, send them the link when I'm going to be on a blog because there's nothing sadder than going to a blog and seeing comments one or comments zero. Right. Uh, so we'd like to just get a little spin in there. If nobody else shows up, at least I know that my, you know, 15 people, eight of them might have left a comment or something. And and we all support each other that way. That's but, a good idea. Yeah. Well, it just, it just looks better. When someone... Mm-hmm pulls up a blog they want to see oh zero comments great um I've, I've kind of pulled back my personal thing is i don't know about your readers your writers out there but who's got time to read all these blogs i surely don't and i was finding that it was only my blog posse commenting and if i didn't see a jump in sales what was my purpose because i was putting a lot of time into those blogs some of them are you know really well written putting a whole day in, i could be writing a right. book Mm -hmm. So I have narrowed it down to about four really good ones that have been productive for me. That sales jump, they have a lot of followers, and I stick with them over this next week or so that I will go with them. Um, Fortunately, I'm very fortunate to have that uh, New York Times bestselling author. And my editor happens to be a New York Times bestselling author. And the two of them together probably have 70,000 Facebook followers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that. So for them to post things is exceptionally helpful. Um, and I promote every single day when I'm just out because um, I, I, your, your re- writers have obviously heard of Branding. Mm -hmm. Um, I found something that promotes me in that when I leave home I have one of my sailor tops on and I have my anchor pin on and I have a, a fistful of my postcards in my purse and without fail I will get three to five comments during a day of, Oh, I like your anchor pin, to which I come back, well I write navy novels, so that's why I wear it. That opens the door for them to say, Oh, tell me more. If they don't say oh tell me more, I don't push but uh, when i fly oh go through airports people come on all the time then the other people in the waiting area want to hear about the books and
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so it's just to uh, just dress that way and um, and i'm always ready to to talk although my very favorite bit of promotions not promotions it's more it's deeper than that is to connect with that one person every day where we get into a good conversation and they get to share about their person in the military who's important to them And Mm -hmm. it's that connecting with one reader at a time, really connecting. I love that. And lately I've been able to do that even on my Facebook page and my author page. I will go offline with a reader and we will end up chatting for a while. And they'll tell me the story about their son or their grandfather or whatever. That's when I really, 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 really feel effective. I love
1: that and and this ties back into the the whole theme of this show the whole you're writing about something more important than just entertainment and readers recognize it and they they form a connection with you to a certain extent without you doing anything and then when you do something on top of writing the books then it deepens the connection
0: thank you yes thank you thank you for putting that into
1: words all right before we go heather yes we we've talked a little bit about charities Let's leave listeners uh, who are perhaps considering donating a portion of their royalties or earnings to a charity. Give us, give us some tips on picking a charity.
0: Okay. You want to find out how much of the money that's donated to them is actually used for the cause. Some have uh, unbelievably low amounts. I was absolutely shocked at a few of them. Um, the one that I chose has like 97% of the money goes toward the cause. And, and that, was, that was good numbers for me. The, or I also asked, could I use your logo? Can I use your logo in my advertising, in my book signings, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And um, several told me no. Well, I kept looking because I wanted to be able to have that on my website. If you go to my website, it's right there. It says Fisher House Supporter. Um, and Fisher mm-hmm. house was absolutely awesome about letting me do that so and they, and they had to take it they had to take it to um, to a committee and you know have it approved whatever and um, but they were, they were fabulous they called me on the phone and said yes we'd love to work with you please submit a package and we'll um, decide whether you can you know use everything and and they do also as we said earlier they want your, your writers want to decide if they're going to do this how long uh, how frequently mm-hmm Um, have something to do with your book, okay? I also found to establish rapport with one person at that place, like everything else in life, um, is very helpful. You know, I have this one person that I send my checks to, and then if I have a question about anything, I go to her for everything, and I know exactly who it is, and Mm -hmm. she's following my career and the whole thing. So, you know, make a personal connection. Make sure it's, it's a charity that goes along with your book. Make sure it's one that, um is willing to work with you and make sure that the money is actually going for the cause. That's important too.
1: Well, this has been absolutely fascinating. I'm so thankful to our unnamed doctor friend who put us together. Uh, okay, yes, Heather, thank you. what's the best way for people to keep up with your work and and learn about your new books?
0: Uh, my website is heatherashby dot com and all of my social network. Links are on there. I'd love people to sign up for my newsletter because I do a lot of writers' workshops. uh, You know, write about puzzlers, et cetera, et Mm -hmm. cetera, and um, so you know, I'm always sending out the newsletter. Things on writing, tips on writing, tips on for readers, uh, new books, friends' books, whatever. But I do put a lot out for writers too because I do workshops. So um, HeatherAshby.com would be great, and I'd love to hear from any of the listeners today um email me my email address is on the website too and let me know if you heard something that that makes sense something you have more questions on uh any comments i'd be glad to hear i'd love to hear from you
1: all right well thank you very much i've really enjoyed this
0: thank you and thank you so much for inviting me
1: well what'd you think that was a little different wasn't it I love the way Heather developed her theme of healing and how it's carried her well beyond her original writing goals. She's not just entertaining people with her books. She's helping people understand things that are difficult to understand. Donating 50% of her royalties is extremely generous and not something most of us would consider. But the idea of partnering with a charity that's aligned with your series makes a lot of sense on a number of different levels. How about you? Is this something you've done? Is it something you'd consider doing? If you've got any thoughts on this subject, please leave a comment at theauthorbiz.com slash Heather. Or you can at message me on Twitter. I'm Steve Campbell FL. And finally, if you're one of those who have taken the time to visit iTunes and leave a rating and a comment for the show, thanks. I read and appreciate all of them. If you haven't, please pop on over to iTunes. Let me know if you like what we're doing here or how we can make it better. Next week's show is all about author marketing. So have a great week in your author business, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening.